So church, um, God has called us to a church-wide fast. Um, and he has made it abundantly clear. The Lord has been speaking, he, he's confirmed it almost a half dozen times, that um, he, he wants us to fast as a church. And here's why. Here's why we're called to a fast. Um, we're called to this because there is breakthrough coming. And even the word that came forth from the mic tonight, there is breakthrough coming. Um, and the enemy is pushing against that. The enemy can't stop it, but he can slow it down. Um, we, we see that in the Word. We see uh, in Daniel chapter 10 that uh, Daniel was was praying and fasting and it even says mourning for, for 21 days, for three weeks. And then uh, the angel of the Lord, uh, Michael, appeared to him and said, the minute you started praying, God heard your prayers. But we were delayed in getting through because we were fighting principalities, the uh, the... the prince of Persia and and just now broke through. The enemy can't, can't stop a praying, fasting, dedicated, committed church from breakthrough. He just gives it his best effort to slow us down. Since we started our series, I'll even, before we started our series on the Holy Spirit, once we committed and said, we are going to spend months on the subject of the Holy Spirit, this church has come under attack in the most unprecedented ways. And it's because he doesn't like what we're doing. He doesn't like us preaching and teaching and growing in the things of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't like it. Well, you know what? I'm glad he doesn't like it because he's not going to get his way. He is defeated. And that is why this church is called to fast. God wants to pour out supernatural blessing and revelations upon our lives. But those things might not ever be realized if we don't commit to press in and pray and fast. Because in the midst of fasting, we see, we see constantly throughout the Word. We see consistently and 100% throughout the Word. When we fast, there are rewards. Those rewards oftentimes come in the form of revelation. They come in the form of a fresh anointing. They come in the form of defense against the attacks of the enemy. They come in the form of protection. But there are rewards when we fast. Friends, there's rarely a good time to fast. Holidays, birthdays, graduations, barbecues, trips, vacations, a killer sale on steak at King Supers, whatever. There's never a good time to fast. There's always distractions in fasting. Life and the devil make sure of that. They make sure of distractions. We just need to buck up and do like the Nike slogan, just do it. Fasting can be tough. But the rewards of fasting are always worth it. And there are always rewards when we fast. The first half of Matthew chapter 6 makes it clear that giving, praying, and fasting are supposed to be just normal, consistent disciplines in our Christian walk. Jesus was speaking and teaching, and in Matthew chapter 6, in verse 4, he says, when you give. In verse 6, he says, when you pray. And in verse 18, he says, when you fast. What's he not saying? If you pray, if you give, if you fast, he's saying when. He's giving instruction of when we do those things. And they're grouped together. Why? Because that should be part of our, our, our normal walk as believers in Jesus Christ. We are givers. We are prayer warriors. And fasting is not this dreaded thing. Friends, how many of us have made those things optional? We've made giving optional. We've made prayer just for the select few. And we've made fasting a thing to fear. And what's awesome in that passage, and we read that in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, when we do these things, when we give, when we pray, 
when we fast and we do these things with the right heart condition, meaning we do these things not for public recognition, we do these things out of love for the Father, not out of obligation, out of love. Obedience, yes, but obedience because it's love. When we do these things out of the right heart, it says there is blessing. It says there is reward. And we're not limited to just those three things. When we live our lives in full service to the Lord, with that state of heart that is open and said, Lord, it's all for you. There's blessing and reward in it. Let's read that passage that I referenced in uh, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to jump in at verse 16. Whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. Their reward is whatever weight and worth that the approval and the acceptance and the validation of men is. That's their reward. That's their reward. When they do it with that, I want to be seen by men. That's the reward and they have it in full. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So what does this mean? It's easy to read this and think that fasting across the board has to be this top secret thing. And that is not the case. In fact, the majority of times we see in the Word of God that they fasted, it was normally a public declaration. It was a call for we're about to get whooped. The enemy is coming. We need to fast. What Jesus is talking about here in, in the, the secret, the, the private part of fasting is that state of the heart. Is the condition of the heart. Are we doing it to receive recognition from men? Or are we doing it out of a heart full of faith because we know who our God is and we know what the results are when we are obedient to those things he calls us to do? We're not supposed to make it about a reward or recognition or validation from men. But a loving act to God. Done as a regular part of our pursuit. Done as our regular part of our walk. And I, I've got to tell you, I, I, I've never, fasting has never been a regular part of my life. It's been the rare occurrence. Um, we need to change that. And, and knowing that we need to change that, and knowing that I was going to touch on this, which turned into a preach on this, um, I, I fasted on Wednesday. I'm like, Lord, I'm going to fast. Easiest day of fasting I've ever had. Because I've been preparing, and I'm like, Lord, I, I know what to expect. I know what to ask you for. I know what to look for. And I know you're going to speak. You know when you're expecting a phone call? And... You know, they said, hey, I want to call you in between 12 and 1230. So it's like 1205. And next thing you know, it's not good enough for the phone to be in your pocket. Because you might not hear it. You hear it every other time in your pocket. But you might not because you're expecting it this time. So you take the phone out and you set it on the table or you set it on the counter or you just carry it around. 1215. Well, they said they'd call between 12 and 1230. 1230. Still haven't called. And you're, you're expectant. When we fast, we should have that same level of expectation because we are constantly in prayer. And we're like, he's going to call. He's going to reveal. He's going to bless. He's going to reward. He's going to speak to me. When we fast, we pray. They go hand in hand. The verse that I read about things being done in secret, it's saying, don't do this. Don't do Oh my gosh, I am so hungry. <clears throat> Man, am I hungry. Oh, oh, why am I hungry? Oh, because I'm fasting. That, it's saying don't do that. But as I'm calling, you know, just responding to what the Lord has done and calling us to a fast and communicating that, friends, there's, there is strength in numbers. There is strength in in accountability. There is strength in prayer. There is strength in support. And there is strength knowing that someone else is at the same place I am. 
I mentioned it before. Most of the scriptures on fasting show that that call to fast is usually a very public plea or command. Why? Why would the call to fast the majority of the times be done in this public setting? Because we're called to live life together. Yes, our relationship with God is an individual. It's a personal relationship with God. But we are called to live life together. And there is strength when we do it together. We're going to read Second Chronicles 20. We're going to kind of flip through. Um, but if you want to turn to Second Chronicles 20 in your Bible, um, we're, going to, we're going to cover quite a bit of ground. Even though a call to fast is done in the corporate setting, friends, we still have to make sure that our heart is in the right condition. But fasting does not have to be a private thing. You know, people don't talk about God because that's a private thing. That's bull. People don't talk about finance because that's, that's a private thing. Oh, that's only kind of true because we're willing to talk about everyone else's finances. We just don't talk about our own finances because that's a private thing. And we've made fasting the same kind of thing. It's a private thing. I don't believe that's true. Second Chronicles 20, verse 1 says this. Now it came about after this, and that after this is key, that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the Minyanites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. So we see that, that there are forces aligning against against Jerusalem, against Judah. We're going to skip verse 2. Verse 3. Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Friends, Fasting is so much about seeking the Lord. Seeking the Lord. After this fast was called, what did they do? Jump down to verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat, I'm having a tough time with Joe, man. Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he said, O Lord. Then if you continue to read, you see that he starts to pray. When we fast, we pray. Jehoshaphat, surrounded by all of Judah and Jerusalem, who had come together for this corporate fast, begins to pray. Pray, 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 pray. Friends, prayer is the most crucial part of fasting. I, in my mind, there's two like extremely crucial parts. Uh, prayer and water. Prayer is the most crucial part of fasting. It's the most crucial part of fasting. We're not going to go there, but um, there was a, a fast called by an ungodly ruler of Nineveh because Jonah said God's going to destroy Nineveh in 40 days. You're wicked, you're unrighteous, and if we read that, Jonah actually was, you know, wanted God to do it. And he was, he's like, I'm, I, I know you're going to change your mind. And he was kind of apprehensive, but and God did. God ended up sparing them. But the ruler of Nineveh called a fast and said, no food, no water. And if we, if we will turn and seek God, perhaps he will forgive us. And perhaps he will spare us. And that's exactly what he did. Prayer is the most vital part of a fast. Without prayer, it's not a fast. Without prayer, it's a starve. And a starve will not bring you any results. There's no reward in a starve. There's only hunger. A starve doesn't bring about any results or rewards, but fasting does. Let's jump down to verse 13. All Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. I said it before, there's amazing power when we stand together. There's amazing power 
when we stand together. This, these five fingers, you know, they're, they're part of a hand, but when they come together and they make a fist, then there's power in that. Then there's strength in that. It says that no one was excluded. Not infants, not men, not women, not children. They stood together. And then look what happened next in verse 14. Then in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, and then the son of the son of the son. And he said, Listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. How many of you guys, when you were a child, you memorized the, the, the passage, Fear not, for the battle belongs to the Lord. That's what this passage is. Fear not, for the battle belongs to the Lord. In the midst of their prayer, the Holy Spirit fell upon this brother, and he prophesied. And he speaks it out. And even prophesies to the king, this is what the Lord's going to do. Fear not. It's not our battle. The battle belongs to the Lord. We will win. In the midst of fasting, and by the way, there's no indication this was a long fast. There's no indication this was a 40-day fast they were on together. Most likely this was, you know, in a a day or two, they were fasting and coming together because they're on the verge of being attacked. They had gotten reports that these, these forces are coming against you. And they immediately jumped to a corporate fast. In the midst of their prayer, the Spirit of God fell. The Holy Spirit fell in this place. And all of a sudden, what comes forth? The things of the Lord. The defense of the Lord. The strategies of the Lord. The encouragement of the Lord. Fear not. The battle belongs to the Lord. God has already spoken to some of you in this church that we were supposed to fast. The Spirit of God has already come upon you and people have said, hey, I feel like the Lord's saying that as a church we're supposed to fast. And God confirmed it and He confirmed it and He confirmed it and He confirmed it. If we, if we didn't listen, He'd just keep confirming it. Well, God's not done speaking. In the midst of the fast that we're going to come into together, we have got to be quick to listen. He's going to call. He's going to call. He called. The Word might be for you. It might be for your family. It might be for someone else. It might be for someone who's lost. But when we fast, we are attentive to the voice of God because we're expecting it. What a fantastic place to be in. Friends, that's one of the rewards of fasting. Being attentive and expectant to the voice of God. In addition to prayer, what else is vital in a fast? Trust, which comes about in expectation. And worship. Let's continue. Jehaziel is still prophesying. Verse, verse 17. You need not fight in this battle station. You, you need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Friends, fasting is not about fighting the battle ourselves. Fasting is about standing firm in the power of God as he fights and wins the battle. But we do have to stand. We do have to exert a stance and say, Lord, I trust you and I believe you and I stand. And then we see. But friends, we've got to stand. And if you look at all the instances of of fasting in the Bible, friends, we've got to fast. Verse 18. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. The Levites, from the sons of the Kohathites and the sons of the Korahites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. They rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. 
And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord, your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. Verse 22, when they began singing and praising. When they began singing and praising. The Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so they were routed. Trust. 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 How much trust do you think it takes to know that you have these forces mounted against you, you are ridiculously outnumbered, and you do not pick up a spear, and you do not pick up a sword, and you do not rally the troops except for one reason, to worship. We can only do that because we believe who our God is and we believe what He says and that His Word is true and we stand in trust of Him. When we fast, we are supposed to make declarations and ask the Lord, Lord, this is what I'm fasting for, Lord. This this is the purpose, Lord. This is what I'm standing on. Lord, I'm standing in belief, Lord God, that this attack that is coming against my family, you know, my my brother's health, you know, my neighbor's marriage. Lord, I'm standing and fasting in belief, Lord God, that you will move in this situation. Lord, I'm believing, Lord God, that we will see victory and provision in unprecedented ways, Lord God. So I am I am standing believing you, Lord, that the promise that you gave me about these things is true. We stand in faith, in worship, and in praise. If we read the rest of this chapter, we'll see the results of this fast. This, the results of this time of prayer and praise. The results are this. God delivered them. God prospered them. They won the battle. They watched the battle. God won the battle. So they, they saw a one-day fight. And then for the next three days, for the next three, it took them three days to go out and to bring in the spoils of battle. Three days to go out and bring in the riches and the spoils and the plunder of a battle that they didn't fight. Of a battle they didn't fight. Friends, it is not weakness to let God be the strong one in the relationship. To let God do the fighting and we stand in confidence and say, I have a part to play in this. And my part is to trust Him. My part is to pray. My part is to fast. My part is to praise and sing. But He is the one that brings the victory. They won a battle that they didn't even have to fight by trusting in God, by fasting, by being obedient in the call to fast, by standing in God, by doing what He said, by worshiping an awesome God, who was fighting the battle for them. Friends, I think we're, we're pretty much doing already most of these things. Let's just add fasting to it. Would you call it great distress when Jehoshaphat got word that these forces were being mounted against him? I'd call it great distress. It says he was afraid. I'd call it great distress. In times of great distress, we're supposed to follow the lead and we're supposed to press in like Jehoshaphat we're supposed to press in our whole family we're supposed to press in our whole church so that God will deliver us and show us his plan let me read another scripture that you're probably familiar with Joel 2.28 it says it will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. We've heard this scripture a ton, right? Especially in context of what? In the context of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But what comes before it? What comes before this? Because it says it will come about after this. After what? Let's, we read from verse 28. Let's jump back to verse 12. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. And with what? It's okay if more than one person says fasting. It's, it's, uh, it's okay. I definitely heard of fasting over there. And with fasting, 
weeping, and mourning. Come to me with repentance. Agree with me. Align your thoughts with me and come to me with, with fasting. Then verse 15, blow a trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Proclaim a solemn assembly. After, after what did this outpouring of God come? After what was there prophecy and dreams and visions? After the fast. That's what that is talking to. After the fast, there is a blessing. It will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on mankind. It will come about after you press in. And specifically, he, he, there, was a, there was a call here to repentance and to fasting. But friends, it stands true. With fasting comes comes reward. What do I mean by reward? I'm not just talking about something that's some sort of a like a gain or even a selfish gain. That's not it. Is it not a reward when God uses us? Is it not a reward when God speaks to us? When we get revelation from God, I'll tell you it's a reward. I, I'm giddy every single week when I get before the Lord and say, what do you want to say to your people? And He makes His Word come alive to me. I get giddy with excitement. And at times I'm so humbled, I'm like, you are so good to give me, to speak and, and give me this revelation. In a moment, I'm going to read a list of scriptures that show, or a list that shows, you know, what in scripture shows what fasting does. But I want us to gain this truth before I just fly down a bunch of lists. Fasting always brings reward. Fasting always has blessing. God is chomping at the bit to bless us. He is. He can't wait to pour out reward and blessing upon us. But God, in His ways, says, Seek me and you'll find me. Call unto me and I will answer. God wants us to seek Him. Let's read in Mark about a conversation that Jesus had with the Pharisees about fasting. And in it, I want us to see this point. Fasting is what prepares us for a new anointing from the Holy Spirit. Mark 2, verse 18, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And they came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, while the bridegroom is with them, the attendants of the bridegroom cannot fast, can they? So long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. And then they will fast in that day. Six times fast is mentioned, mentioned here. So within the context of fasting, the very next verse, Jesus says this. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the patch pulls away from it, the new from the old. And a worse tear results. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is lost, and the skins as well. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. Fasting is what prepares us for a fresh anointing, for a new anointing. We, we're all familiar with this passage about the wineskins. But how, how many times do we realize it's in context of fasting? When Jesus, the bridegroom, left, the new wine was sent. Who was sent when Jesus left? The Holy Spirit. God can't put new wine anointing, outpouring of the Holy Spirit in old wineskins. Fasting gives us new wineskins. Fasting gives us new receptiveness, a new readiness for a fresh anointing. All the fasts in the Bible bring reward. And they're, they're all great. And I don't know if there's any greater than the reward of a new anointing. A new outpouring by the Holy Spirit. Jesus made it so clear. My, my disciples aren't fasting right now. The bridegroom's with them. When I leave, they will fast. Friends, 
It says when they were gathered together and they were all in one accord and they stayed in the upper room and they waited for the Holy Spirit. With this in mind, they had to not just be praying, they had to be fasting as well. Why? Because they knew the bridegroom had left. They knew they were told to sit and wait for the Holy Spirit. Seek Him. Those who seek Him, find Him. God rewards those who diligently seek Him. When we fast, we're seeking Him. Prayer is, I, I mentioned how vital it was. When we fast, that time we had set aside for meals is now allotted for prayer. That time we had set aside for that, you know, that uh, glass of wine at the end of the day is now set aside for Him. That favorite show that we DVR'd, no, now it's spent in prayer. It's spent in His Word. It's spent feeding the, the, the Spirit man. Fasting, the enemy has succeeded in making fasting this really hard thing because, by golly, it makes you hungry. Why has the enemy succeeded in making hunger this thing that we, it's just unbearable to us? I mean, look all throughout the Word. I mean, in Genesis, an apple, eat. Selling your birthright for some lentils. Some bad stew. I'm not even talking about a good stew that some of you great cooks would make. A bowl of beans. Satan, tempting Jesus in the wilderness. Take, turn these stones into bread. Why, why should this, why should a little growling, why should hunger be the thing that keeps us from the promises of God? That keeps us from the fresh outpouring of God? That keeps us from a new revelation and the rewards of pressing in and seeking Him? The devil knows that fasting releases God's power in our lives. He knows that. And that's why he tries so hard to keep us from it. Why, why did Satan tempt Jesus to turn stones into bread? I believe there were a couple of reasons. Number one, to get Jesus to sin. Jesus came to serve others and not himself. If Jesus were to turn the stones into bread, he would have been using the power of God to serve himself. And that would have been sin. I made a statement recently, friends. The gifts of the Spirit are given to us so that we can be obedient in touching others. Those gifts aren't for our benefit. He gives them to us. The gift's ours, and it's then to be used. It's like if I, if I was given a gift, Mark, here you go, ten large pizzas. I'd be like, score! I'm eating ten large pizzas. That's ridiculous. Score! Everyone come up and get as much as you want. I got ten large pizzas. It's not just, this gift wasn't just for me. It was for all of you. Come on up. That's what the gifts of spirit are. Number two of why I believe Satan tried to tempt Jesus in that specific way. Satan wanted to stop the rewards of the fast. Satan wanted Jesus to end his fast short of what God had for him at the completion of this fast. God sent him into the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit to fast and to pray for 40 days. Anything short of what God had called him to would have been missing the mark. There wouldn't have been that reward. What was the reward? What was the reward that came forth after Jesus successfully and faithfully sought the Lord and prayed and fasted for 40 days, what was the reward that came from that? He immediately, immediately started doing what? Ministering. Healing people. Saving people. Casting out demons. Doing the miraculous. Raising the dead. Preaching messages. Immediately. Once again, he didn't do any of this ministry until after... So I, I said it before, he didn't do any miracles, didn't preach any message, didn't do anything until he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he also didn't do any of these things until he came out of this fast. His reward was our reward. Friends, Satan comes to steal and kill and destroy, but he also comes to distract. 
And while we're fasting, the devil will try and distract us in a dozen and a half ways. Comfort food. We know, we know that phrase, comfort food. Mama's cooking is comfort food. Eating is a thing of comfort for us. And when we're fasting, there's times we have a rough day. What are we going to run to? It might not be a bottle of, of whiskey. It might, it might be a bottle of whiskey, but it, it might be meatloaf. Warm biscuits. Well, something that, that brings comfort to our soul. Don't allow the enemy to cause us to focus more on our appetite or circumstances or a rough day than on the promises of God that are released when we make use of this powerful weapon of fasting. The enemy doesn't want us attaining these promises and these fresh outpourings. So I'm going to give us a few just quick facts and helpful hints about fasting. Just in looking in Scripture, I saw a one-day fast, a three-day fast, a 10-day fast, a 14-day fast, a 21-day fast, a 40-day fast. And the bottom line is this. Just fast. Just fast. Just fast. My dad has done over a half dozen 40-day fasts in his life. He's probably done like seven or eight 40-day fasts in his life. And I was talking to him this week. I said, Dad, give me some good practical advice about fasting. And the first things out of his mouth were, just, just know that God wants you doing it. And that five one-day fasts are just as important to God as a five-day fast. So just, just do it. And trust God. Do it and pray. Friends, I'm not calling us to a 40-day fast, but I'm calling us to fast in the midst of 40 days. And it's not me who's calling. I'm just communicating it. God has made it abundantly clear. So pick a, pick a time, any time. And do it. God loves them all. Types of fasts found in Scripture. The absolute fast is no water or no food. And that was what Nineveh called. And I wouldn't recommend that. Actually, let's not do that. Let's not do an absolute fast. Unless you hear the audible voice of God, let's not do an absolute fast. Second thing is a normal fast, which is no food or beverages, excluding water of any kind. And in this fast, this normal fast, we're supposed to drink lots of water. The third type we see in Scripture is a partial fast, where we give up a particular food and drink for an extended period of time. The most common type of this fast is what we might refer to as a Daniel, Daniel's fast. Daniel uh, gave up meat and sweets and wine and breads, and he just did vegetables and water. And so, you know, that type of a partial fast, you know, we call it a Daniel fast, but it's the most common of that partial fast. Those are what fasts are. Nowhere in Scripture does it refer to sacrificing an activity or a luxury to spend time with God in prayer or His Word. This is simply referred to as being saved. This is simply referred to... This is simply referred to as, as Jesus being Lord of your life. That's not a fast. Um, I, I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast Nintendo. I'm going to fast Mad Men. Lord, I'm going on a Mad Men fast. No Mad Men. For, I mean, that's not a fast. That's called operating in the fruit of self-control. That just means you're a believer. So when we talk about fasting, uh, we're not fasting TV. That's... Do you guys hear what I'm saying? When I, I'm trying to be funny, but it's not a fast if you're fasting TV. You, in the midst of a fast, we are also fasting TV because instead of watching TV, I want to be spending time in prayer. I want to have some knee time on my knees before the Lord. A fast is a sacrifice of food and liquids while we pray and seek God. Just what's a fast? A sacrifice of food and liquids while we pray and seek God. A fast is not a diet, but weight loss can be expected. And a little practical tip, if it doesn't mean anything to you, then it won't mean anything to God. If it doesn't mean anything to you, it won't mean anything to God. If your heart, I talked about the heart condition, Jesus talked about the heart condition in Matthew 6, that's what, that's what he was saying. 
It's got to mean something to you. You've got to have faith behind it. You've got to have expectation behind it. You've got to have intentionality and belief. Asking God to show up. So when he shows up, you don't dismiss it as coincidence or happenstance. Fasting itself is a continual prayer to God. Fasting. I told you I fasted on Wednesday. I fasted today too. I'm fasting today too. Wednesday was the easiest fast I've ever had until today. Today is the easiest fast I've ever had. I've been in his presence all day long. I got up at 9.30, went and got my Bible, and I have I sat without going outside. I did brush my teeth, but I didn't leave the room again until after my shower when I came. To, I was in the Lord's presence all day. Easiest fast I've ever done. Had to go to the bathroom quite a bit. I mean, just drinking water. Friends, when when we are intentional about that time being with the Lord, man, it's it's gosh, it's awesome. There will be deep times of prayer in the midst of a fast, but there will also be times when you feel drained and your prayers just don't seem to take you anywhere or go anywhere. Stick with it, friends. Just stick with it. Don't condemn yourself. Just stick with it. Press in. God sees your heart. God sees your sacrifice. When fasting, don't watch TV. Don't play video games or read novels that don't feed your spirits. There's nothing wrong with TV. There's nothing wrong, I mean, most TV. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the act of watching TV or of playing video games or of doing those things. But you want to feed your spirit, man. And you want to avoid pizza commercials at 9.30 at night. You do. Every commercial's food or drink. So stay away from it. Replace that normal time with prayer. Friends, fasting is spring cleaning for our body. It's spring cleaning for our soul. So when we're done fasting, let's not pull that junk back in. We, we cleaned it out. Let's not, let's not let it back in. Let's not fill ourselves again with junk. Don't gorge yourselves before a fast. All right, I'm fasting next week, so country buffet, let's go. I got to get, no, don't do that. Actually kind of, kind of, you know, uh, start tapering off a little bit. And then immediately after the fast, same thing, don't gorge yourself. Just kind of work your way down. Headaches may come. Your body is flushing out toxins. Um, I drink coffee every day. And so I was expecting headaches, you know, but I haven't had any, but they might. That's a one-day fast. If I'm doing a three-day fast, I might expect headaches. You know, from staying away from the coffee. I don't know. Drink water. Drink water. Drink water. Beber agua. Drink water. Drink lots of water. Um, we're used to eating. We're used to the act of like touching and, and holding and eating. And sometimes it's hard to drink water while we're fasting. Drink lots of water. In the midst of fasting, if we slip up and eat something... Let's say you're cooking for your family and you just instinctively, you know, i got to test out this sauce. Don't beat yourself up and go, oh, I blew it! You know, and now you're like, oh, well, might as well just go ahead and, I mean, eat everything. I mean, don't do that. If, if, you, if you mess up, you're like, oh, Lord, you know my heart. Lord, I, Lord, I'm, you know, I'm back on. Lord, give me strength. Lord, Holy Spirit, bring it to my remembrance somehow. But don't, don't give up and quit if we mess up. And then like my dad said, seven days of fasting is just as valuable to God as a seven-day fast. Unless, unless what? Unless he called you to that seven-day fast. Unless he said, I, have, I want you to fast for seven days. Friends, rejoice. If he calls you to seven days, if he calls you to a time limit and he says, I want you to fast for 21 days, rejoice. Because you've got ridiculous breakthrough coming. You have got ridiculous revelation coming. You've got unbelievable reward coming. If he calls you to something like that, that goes beyond just, Lord, this is what I'm doing sacrificially, rejoice in it. Because that means he's got blessing and breakthrough. Friends, we should be rejoicing that he has called us to a fast. Because that means we have breakthrough and blessing. So starting Monday, June 1st, we as a church are starting a 40-day period of fasting, which will take us through July 10th. Once again, this is not a 40-day fast. This is 40 days of fasting. But I do have a minimum that I'd like to ask. 
fast one day a week during that stretch, which would give us six days of fasting, and just somewhere find at least one other day randomly to fast. So within that 40 days, I'm asking the minimum of of seven days of fasting. Um, I don't mind telling you, I'm, I'm going to be fasting Wednesdays because Wednesdays I'm coming in that room over there to pray. And that's a fantastic transition. Kara said, hey, when I was younger, I fasted every Wednesday. We had prayer, we had worship practice. And Wednesdays, I just, she goes, before we met, you know, it, I fasted every Wednesday. It was, it was easy. It was the easiest day of the week for me. So I'm like, done. But you know what? After seeing how easy a one and a three have been, and they have been, guys, I mean, for the, maybe for the first time in my life, I'm, I'm doing it with that much of intentionality toward prayer. But now I, I, I'm ready for a three-day. I, I want to tackle a three-day. So I think a Tuesday, Wednesday, a Thursday sounds like pretty good. You know, weekends tends to be a lot more eating. So I'm trying to be strategic in this. I'm trying to use wisdom. But minimum, guys, let's commit to once a week and just throw another day into that period, a minimum of seven days. But more than that, I want you to ask God, Lord, is there something you have for me? Is there, is there a fast you want me to do? Is there a certain amount of time you want me to do, Lord, and I'll do it? There's victory for us. There's breakthrough for us. There's probably, not probably, there's discomforts for us. Hunger is a discomfort. There's obstacles for us. You can be certain of that because the devil's going to throw them your way and life's going to throw them your way. But we can expect to experience rewards. We can expect to experience rewards. When I fasted on Wednesday, I said, Lord, this is what I'm asking. I asked for like, knowing I was just fasting for one day, I asked what I thought was a ridiculous amount of things. My list was ridiculously long. And one of them was, Lord, I'm tired of these allergies. I'm tired of coughing. Lord, heal me of the allergies. So Wednesday, I'm like, man, I hardly even coughed at all. Today, I didn't take any allergy medicine, didn't take anything, and I haven't coughed once. I can dismiss it and say, oh, it's just because seasonally, whatever that was, just stopped being there. Or I could say, God healed me. God honored the fast, and that's one of the rewards of fasting, and that's what I choose to believe. I said I had a list earlier. This is what we see in the Word. Fasting breaks us out of the world's routines and it renews our spirit. Fasting is a form of worship offering our whole body to God as a living fact, sacrifice. Read Romans 12 and, and have in context fasting when it talks about um, being a living sacrifice. Fasting will humble us by reminding us of our dependency on God. Fasting will bring us back to our first love. Fasting causes the roots of our relationship with Jesus to go deeper. And it, that sound good to anybody? Anybody want to go deeper? God been speaking about going deeper to anybody? Fasting is a constant means of renewing ourselves spiritually. Fasting allows us to truly worship God as He deserves. And when we do this, God will begin to share secrets with us about Himself. Secrets with us about His plans. His desires for us. Hungry people are desperate people. So fasting makes us desperate for God once again. Friends, only Jesus can satisfy that kind of hunger when we're desperate for God. Fasting humbles us, brings clarity to us, removes bitterness, and allows unforgiveness to be removed from our hearts. Fasting brings in the lost. When we fast and we're attentive to hear from God, we're desperate to hear from God, we're quick to move, we are quick to respond and we will see more salvations because we'll be bolder, we'll be quicker, we'll have anointing. Fasting brings in the lost. Fasting does such a work in you that the lost are drawn to you in what God is doing. Fasting makes us more sensitive to the timing and the voice of the Holy Spirit. Fasting breaks us and brings our faith to a new level.
God's rewards are waiting to be released at Impact Rock. New things, cool things, amazing things, blessings and rewards are waiting to be released by God in your family, in your lives, in your marriage, with your children. I read a passage, Ezra 8, 21 through 23. This was amazing to me. It says, then I proclaimed a fast there. People who, have, people who are believing for breakthrough for their kids, for deliverance for your kids, for miracles for your kids, for salvations of your kids, listen to this. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of, Ahab, of Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from Him a safe journey for us, our little ones, and all our possessions. We seek the Lord for those that are in our lives in the midst of a fast. And it says in verse 23, so we fasted and sought our God concerning this matter and he listened to our entreaty. How do you know God listens to your entreaty? Because you start seeing the rewards of it. You know he heard you. Daniel's fast. Daniel sacrificed breads and sweets and meat and wine. To have breakthrough, to have a fresh anointing, what are we willing to sacrifice? God is not calling us to a fast out of religious obligation or as a test of our loyalty. He's calling us to a fast because He loves us and He wants to pour something fresh and new out upon us. But God's ways are God's ways. He says, Seek me, find me. And He wants us to seek Him in this. and I'll say it again. Those blessings and rewards that God desires to give us might not ever be realized if we aren't willing to seek Him in prayer and fasting. This might not be a good time for you for a fast. You will never have a good time for a fast. This press through life's obstacles. press through the devil's distractions. Let's be people who are full of faith and let's press into God's rewards and his revelation. Fasting can be tough, but the rewards of fasting are always worth it.